Hello, you're listening to I'm Not That Old, Lady, and welcome. I'm Teresa Sayers. I live on a farm in Minnesota, USA. And I will try to figure out why we are so obsessed with age and aging. Be advised, some language may not be appropriate for all listeners. There may be some profanity that is not beeped out. This podcast is for informational purposes only. You should seek your own professional counseling advice if you feel the need. Oswald Vargas is a licensed marriage and family therapist practicing in California. He has 10 years experience in individual and family counseling. Oz, as he's known to his friends, has generously agreed to give us insight into why we feel as we do. I think you'll easily understand why I am so thrilled to add his expertise to the podcast. Here he is. This call is being recorded. Hello. Hello, my dear friend. Hi, how are you? I'm doing wonderful. How are you? How how are the puppies? The puppies are good. They're fat and happy and growing. (laughs) Oh. Oh, my gosh. What a week. What a week it has been. No kidding. So you have to have a C-section, huh? Yeah, she did. Yes, she did. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was that was weird. I didn't even have time to get nervous or scared or it was just like, let's mm-hmm. go, let's meet the vet. The vet met us there. We tried to deliver the stuck one. It wasn't moving. She's like, okay, I'm calling it. Let's go. And she said, uh, mm-hmm. are you squeamish? And I said, no, I'm not really squeamish. She says, good. How are you at reviving puppies? And I said, well, evidently pretty good. She's like, good. Put some gloves on. <laughs> I was like, all right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. She, she was pulling puppies out, and I was catching them, and you know, we had wow. four out and no, yeah, four out and no time flat. <laughs> wow. So, yeah, it was crazy. Mm-hmm. Crazy, crazy. But Dixie's well, good. And, good. Yeah, she's good. Dixie is good, and puppies mm-hmm. are good, and everything's moving along. And then that, you know, two days later, I had to have that kitten kitten had abdominal surgery that was an emergency so oh my goodness yeah, I, I, I couldn't figure that one out okay so i saw the puppies but then the, you kept you were posting pictures of the kitten with a collar and it was like we had some wraps so i'm like okay wait what so what happened <laughs> so the two brothers um one of them was just not doing well and i took him into the vet last friday and the vet said, uh, he has got, and I'm going to say it wrong, an intussusception or whatever the hell. And mm-hmm. that is when the intestine kind of telescopically folds into itself. And mm. it's, of course, deadly. And, you know, he's tiny. He's just an itty-bitty little thing. And his brother is twice the size. And mm-hmm. 
So um, I had taken to the emergency vet, and that would have been $3,600. And I'm like, oh, I, 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 I can't do this. And that was Friday night, right, just before oh, Dixie. Right. Uh-huh. And I said, well, I'll call my vet in the morning, and I have a dog that's probably in labor, and, oh, my God, I'm freaking out. And so Dixie had puppies on Saturday, and the kitten went into surgery at my vet on Monday at $2,000 less than the emergency Mm -hmm. affiliate hospital. And, um, yeah, so he's on the mend, too. Yeah, it was an expensive weekend. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You you, you might as well open a bed in your face. (laughs) I know. (laughs) And, you know, the, the the weirdest thing is, at my age, I have never had pet insurance, health pet health insurance no, on any never, animal. I mean, yeah, I, I know of it, but I never thought of getting it, you know? like I've right. never had it, and I got it uh-huh. in January for Dixie because I'm like, oh, she'll be pregnant. She's, it, it'll, it'll come in handy. And then when mm-hmm. I figured out the kittens, I added the kittens. And uh-huh. um, it's paid for itself already. Okay. And <laughs> it's just like that was fortuitous of me to do. Yeah, we we our dog. We we had this dog for four years already, and um, we had three and a half, and he ate one of the bags, and he's like he's stuck in his intestines, so he had oh. to have like emergency emergency surgery, to, you know, to to yep. remove it. And uh, and man, we we get, you know it's like where do you draw the line, right, when it comes to expenses? And right, you know, and, and he's like. We take him to the bed and they tell us what's going on and they send us the bill and I'm just you know been having a rough last couple months with family passing and all that and and I told my wife like you know what I'm not ready to take another loss just just do it <laughs> mm, yeah yeah I'm, I'm paying for the surgery like you know like I'm not I'm just not I just don't want to deal with another loss right now so yeah absolutely I so totally we pay understand. for the surgery but yeah yeah oh. So I hear you. So because now then I thought about pain insurance, right? Because I mean, well, with horses, you know, they, I, I, my, my horse's second bar name is Vacation, because that's where yeah. all my money goes. We <laughs> <laughs> were like, how come you never right? go anywhere? Well, like, I go to the barn. <laughs> that's my vacation. Yeah. Why don't I that's go on vacation? I have through. animals. I right, have I, animals. I, 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 I get to ride my vacation once a week. <laughs> there you go. I understand. It's crazy. Um, so it's a lifestyle. So, but you know, it's, it's a lifestyle. Yeah, and you know what? I but get yeah. a lot of joy. I mean, here we have this twelve-week-old kitten, and I'm like, oh my gosh. And there was mm-hmm. something about him that I mean, there is no way I would have spent this much money on a cat. Mm-hmm. But there was. Something mm-hmm. about him, because I, I, I said to the emergency vet, I said, you know what, I, I can't do this, not with a dog in labor. I mean, you're going to have to put him down. And and she called me right. and said, Cause, you know, you're sitting outside. And she's like, man, I really don't want you to do this. He's just so bright. He's so, there's something about him. And I'm like, I know there's something about him. And so I said, well, let me mm-hmm. think about it. She's like, this really has to happen now. And I said, well, not for $3,600. It doesn't. Right. Right. So, yeah, I'm glad I put it off a couple, two days, two days I put it off, and it was $2,000 mm-hmm. cheaper. <laughs> Golly. Yeah, oh, it, it sucks. It sucks because, you know, we love, we care for them, but it's just, 
reality is like mm-hmm. you love them and you wanna you wanna do anything in your power to save them. It's just not reality. Yeah. Sometimes, especially you know, now, we, we have yeah. to be very difficult, right? Money, I mean, money's tight, so it's like sure. You know, uh, it's, it's 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 very difficult to make those decisions, but they have to be made. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. and I, when I we finally got Dixie settled in the in the babies in the little incubator, the whatever the hell they call that, I was like, yeah. my poor husband was still sitting out in the car. <laughs> it's like, come on in, you know, because it was just me, the vet tech, the vet, and Bob mm-hmm. was sitting out in the car because I had brought in, mm-hmm. we had one baby born, one puppy born, and I had brought it in with me, and she put it in the, the incubator thing. And mm-hmm. um, so he's just sitting out there listening to the radio, and I was just like, well, you might as well come in, because once Dixie mm-hmm. was waking up, she would have wanted Bob there anyway. So, right. yeah, I'm like, hey, you know, I want to hand over your credit card, because we got to pay for this. <laughs> right. <laughs> She's like, oh, right. and I'm like, yeah, but you know, I'll get, I'll get well, a lot I'm of it. Glad, I'm, glad everything wor- I'm glad everything worked out for the best. Yeah, it is. I just, I'm I don't really know what bad. day it is. I really don't, and I need some sleep. It's, it's, it's Saturday. It's Saturday. <laughs> it is. I'm talking to you, so it must be Saturday. Yeah. <laughs> Saturday. Oh golly. Yeah. So. So, so what, uh, what do you? Uh, yeah. So on that note, <laughs> uh, you know what? What do you? What? What's on your? What's on your mind? What are you thinking? Well, so with, in light of the whole thing with Dixie and and the kitten and what's going on here at home, you know, I rely Mm -hmm. on my husband a lot. And I Mm -hmm. really don't think that a lot of men his age, Mm -hmm. my age, you know, late 50s, 60s, early 60s, 70s, get Mm -hmm. a lot of credit for what they Mm -hmm. do. Now, mind you, mind you. Women do a, a tremendous amount also, and sure. in a perfect in a perfect world, you have a partnership between you know life partners and mm-hmm. i I mean I get that, but in a lot of cases, I find mm-hmm. that my peers do not appreciate mm-hmm. or or they they fault or they pick my they nitpick you know they're just so negative on their life partners. And I really mm-hmm. don't think that these men get as much credit as they deserve. Mm-hmm. And I'm wondering what we can do. I mean, mm-hmm. not that we need another thing on our plate because we're already caring for our aging parents and our kids and our grandkids mm-hmm. and our husbands and our dogs and our horses and everything else. You know, I'm there. Yes. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, mm-hmm. the men really need a lot more credit than I think that they're given. I really do. Mm-hmm. And well, I'm just wondering so how we can. I mean, I think I, one of the things that has always fascinated me: why some people, you know, uh, they feel the need to put a gender down in order to bring another gender up. Yeah, what is that? Um, you know, um, that's something that always fascinated me because, um, you know that. Um, Again, women, you know, let's celebrate women and let's say everything they accomplish, right? And everything right. they're doing. And, and I'm all for, you know, I've always said uh, I'm all for empowering women and equal rights and all that, right? Let's, let's make it even, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, oh, yeah. But in, okay, the thing is that in the process, let's not tear 
men down. You know, and that's what, that's what that's one thing I never I was I never I haven't been able to understand. Why do we need to tear men down in order to make women up? Right. Right. And I, I know that's exactly. And, and I get I, I get it. In generations past, I, I understand that was the mode that that was the approach that women you know were meant to be seen as less to empower men, right? To bring them up. Right. And that was wrong. That was wrong in every shape or form, right? Right. So why are we repeating that? You know, if it was wrong to be done to women, right? Um, mm-hmm. what, why are we, you know, why do some people, and I'm not going to say all, all people, but why do some people no. feel the need that they need to, to tear men down in order to empower women? Yeah, um, see, that's my question. Yeah, I, under, I, I don't mm-hmm. get it. I, I really don't. Because yeah. I wouldn't be able to right. live the life I have without my husband. And and right. he does and, so, and, and so, so much. Some, some, people feel, some, some people feel like by giving credit to that man, they're making women less. And that's not true. No, I agree. That's you know, not that true. That is not true. One, one of the things that I, you know, the last few years I've been focusing mainly, I've been working a lot with uh, cases, you know, like CFS, Child Family Services. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, the big always is when people think like, oh, you know, uh, men abandon, uh, you know, their families and women are just raising these kids by themselves. Does that happen? Yes, of course. But, you know, sure. how many cases I come across where the men are the ones raising these kids by themselves? The men. Yeah, I bet. You don't hear you about know, it very often, walks, do you? The, the, the mother walks away for, for many different reasons. And literally, these men are left to raise three, four kids by oh. themselves. Oh. And, but you don't hear that. Mm-mm. You know, you don't, you hear, don't hear that. You know, and, and to me, it's like, wow. And, and again, it's, it's, not a, it's not uncommon, especially in my line of work. I've seen it quite a bit. My bad. I've seen it quite yeah, a bit. you don't think so, of it. You don't think of it, yeah. but it must happen. Right. So it, so it does happen. Uh, so, again, there's still, uh, still, I don't know if it's a generational thing. One, I remember years ago, before I even got into psychology, years ago, um, I saw this young woman reading this book uh, that said, uh, how to be a bitch and, uh, and get everything you want. Oh, good this Lord. This a real book that somebody wrote. Oh, come and I was on. Like, and really? She was, she was a young woman, and I was like, Wow. Somebody actually wrote a book, right? And, and and I'm like, is that the message that we want to send to young women? Right? That that you have to be that in order to accomplish something? I mean, you know, and it's, it's and yeah, that that one just blew my mind. You know, because uh, it doesn't have to be that way. You don't have to be no. that. You know, you don't have to be that to to accomplish. And it doesn't take away from you when you're part of a team. If you're part of a team, like you said, you know, you you appreciate the life that you're having, and you're you're aware that the reason, you know, um, one of the reasons why you have it is because you're you're you have a partner, you're part of right. the team. No, yeah. I mean, are we gonna be are we gonna be you know extreme? We'll be like, could you have all these on your own? Of course, we know that. Okay, um, but the fact that you didn't you didn't have to do it alone. Right. Right, the fact that you didn't have to do it alone, uh, there's something to be said for that. So again, uh, some people struggle, they struggle with the concept because uh, some women 
and like I said, not all of them, some women do feel like by giving credit to their male partner, it takes away from them. Hmm. That's sad. And, I don't, uh, I mean, and, uh, I, 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 yeah. I find that so sad. I really do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so, so does it, it say something about their mental mm-hmm. health or their, their confidence level or their insecurity well, that they have to they do develop, that? They, they develop, they develop them, that philosophy. Um, sometimes it's generational. Sometimes it's mm-hmm. they went through something, right? Uh, mm-hmm. Whether they went through something personal or maybe they saw their parents go through something, right? Um, mm-hmm. So it, they develop this idea, this image uh, about men, and it's just because it's usually something either happened to them or they saw, they saw happen to somebody close to them. So, or, or mm-hmm. we have mm-hmm. an issue with media, whether it be small mm-hmm. screen, large screen, or social, that mm-hmm. is perpetuating this drama this contrived drama and mm-hmm. women are just i mean i see this a lot i see people that are like watching these quote-unquote reality shows which are not by any way or shape or form <laughs> don't get me don't get me started on that one I oh i know was, and you were, you wasn't you a, were on you it, it wasn't a reality show? yes you did and i i think of that okay. now and i'm just like i knew it i knew yeah. they were scripted i just knew it sure. And Correct. they they see these as real life and these Correct. grand homes and all of the, the trappings and all of these accoutrements and this bashing and drama and fighting and screaming mm-hmm. and hollering and making up and sex everywhere and all this stuff. And I'm just like, oh, come on. Mm-hmm. This is not real. This is yeah. not real. But, but they, they, that it's in the title, reality TV, right? Yeah, they well, it doesn't that. make it real. And, right, and we're seeing... Because of social media now, especially now in the last the last year, more than it's being magnified even more because mm-hmm. we 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 don't have those outlets that we had before, right? Right, um, right. Where people were able to go out and do enjoy, I guess, a fuller life. Uh, but now your people are we're, we're seeing a lot more depression and anxiety um, because you're seeing all these people on social media. You know, so-called, they're going, they're still going out and doing things, and then you have the rest of the world sitting at home, you know, wondering about what's going on. So, so, so it would have... be like an escapism, right? Because I remember right. when I was much younger, we had this show on TV called Lifestyles of the Rich and Famous with Robin oh, yeah. Leach. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, right? Mm-hmm. And I would watch that show religiously and just think, oh, my gosh, wouldn't that just be great? And the yacht and the plane and the monster house and the big money and all this stuff. And I would just think that's the way to go. You know, this was going into the eighties and, and the, all this stuff with dot com And, and I was just right. like, Oh and my and God, we're, we yeah, should all human, do this. Human beings, yeah. Human beings cannot, I mean, it's part of human nature to compare yourself. You know, you compare yourself to others as, as a measure or like, you know, why, why am I not doing that? Right. Mm-hmm. And we, we, we grew up in a culture that we are given shoots all the time. Like, you should have done this by now. You should have accomplished oh. this by now. You should be doing right. right? That's, that's a culture we, we have, like, growing up. We have all these shoots. And, mm-hmm. uh, and as you've been growing up and you're, you're not meeting those, right, then you start questioning yourself. You know, I'm, I'm, in, I'm in my early 20s. I should be in school by now, right? I should have life figured mm-hmm. out. I, I'm in my late 20s or early 30s. I should be married with kids by now. And if I'm not, mm-hmm. what's wrong, right? 
I should, I should, I should. And then you see all other people living this quote-unquote so-called perfect life, and you go like, why don't I have that life? I should have that life, right? Um, and you don't realize what's going on behind the scenes. You know, in, in my line of work, I get, I'm, I'm lucky to see the behind the scenes a lot. Um, I get to, you know, I see all my, you know, people that I know uh, post all these things in their, per, per, you know, perfect day, per se, and then I just I just got off the phone with them not too long ago, right? With how much the, what they're struggling with, but obviously we don't post that, mm-hmm. right? So so right. if you if you're going through a rough patch, and you're like, man, why are all these people going you know doing so great? What's wrong with me? Why why don't I have uh-huh. that life? Right. So 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 going back to men, you know, as a culture, we we have this we develop these expectations. So if we go by generation, right, um, the previous generation, you know, men were the breadwinners, right? Mm-hmm. Men worked. Mm-hmm. And so, we're t- um, you know, and like in your mom's generation, she kind of like, she wasn't the in-between generation, I guess, because it wasn't the norm for, for women in her generation to to go off and have careers like she did. Right. It was more, right. it was you know, she, she was kind of like breaking into that. Uh, mm-hmm. But before, women were homemakers. Right. Mm, yeah. Men, yep. men without providers. Right. Right. So, uh, and men, you didn't complain. You went to work and you had one or two jobs and you provided. Right. Uh, right. And but then we saw that disconnect with the children, because the kids of those children grew up with a distant father who only worked. Right. And they were raised right. by mothers. Right. Mm. Raised by mothers. So you grew up with that, you know, people in that generation grew up with that. So they grew up with, you know, with not developing healthy attachments to their fathers. And, and the men grew up thinking, I'm just a provider. I'm just a provider. That's mm-hmm. it. Um, mm-hmm. You know, that's, 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 I'm good. As, uh, I'm just as good as the next paycheck. Right? Oh, boy. So yeah. I remember 10 years ago when we went to you know, a depression, uh, a lot of people got laid off. And I saw a lot of men falling into depression because they're saying, if I'm not a paycheck, then who am I? If I'm not providing mm-hmm. for my family, then who am I? You know? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. we had to do a lot of work with men. It's like, well, are you still, are you still a, a father? Are you still a son if your parents are alive? Are you still a husband? And, you know, what about all those roles? But, again, society has told us, yeah, those are nice. Yeah, you're a father, you're a husband, those are great. But you're also the breadwinner. And and if you're not that, then you're failing. So oh. that put a lot of, that puts a lot of pressure, right? A lot right. a lot of pressure on them. Um, but now obviously now we're evolving. We're we're now in this generation where it's more where you're seeing actually it's very more common for actually some men to stay behind to stay uh, at home taking care of the kids and then mm-hmm. the women working. Mm-hmm. Um, that's actually not that uncommon now, right? Uh, we're right. seeing that the roles started to shift a little bit, uh, but obviously we're still carrying that that philosophy. We're still carrying, right? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, the mentality from those people that grew up like, no, you you have to provide. You're the breadwinner, uh, and that puts a lot of pressure. So that, so that's on that aspect, right? Um, then let's talk about mental health. You know. Men, the previous generations, they were not raised to talk about feelings or emotions. 
you just work and you know and you just tough it out yeah you know, that's uh, true men mental men mental right now there's a big push right now with uh, for men mental health to talk about you know men to coming out and talking about what they're struggling with but there's still a, a very strong generation of men who think like you know anxiety depression is weakness you don't you okay, don't acknowledge so that what generation or what age group is really starting to break through that that block because i mean uh, men oh, in my oh. generation are still mm-hmm. i think very closed off and very yeah. um you know they they find it to, in their, the the 60 the kids that were born in the early 60s um right. we're all like late 50s early 60s you know mid 50s mm-hmm. now i think that the right. men in my generation are still in the old school that you don't talk about it and you don't admit to it mm-hmm. um yeah. Yeah, I'll, I'll say uh, I'll say twenties uh, uh, for sure. There's people, men in their twenties, are embracing it more. The younger generation, uh, in their thirties, also there's uh, there's more people in their thirties. Uh, I've seen a lot more men in their thirties coming to me uh, for help. Um, so right now, as I say, so it's still very young. So I'll say people in their thirties and twenties and younger than that. They're okay. they are well, becoming more start- comfortable. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I'm, I am seeing a shift, and you know, a lot, a lot more men reaching out. So I would say right now, 30s and 20s. Mm-hmm. Well, good. I mean, it's there's some, there's some in their 40s, really? some reaching out, not as much, but it's a, a big bulk that I've seen is in 30s and 20s. Well, it's a start. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So, so again, but but again, these these men in their thirties and twenties were raised by those older men, right? Men in their 60s. yeah, they're my age. Yeah, the men, so, in, so, the men so that these, are my age. Right. So, so men in the thirties and twenties, because of education, because they're being exposed, it's becoming more normalized to talk about mental health in men. So, uh, so they are getting more comfortable because of that, because we're talking about it more. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and when you have somebody in their thirties. Uh, going to see a therapist and it works for them, then they're more more likely to tell their friends. You know, right. like, oh, I'm talking. Yeah. You know, I'm talking to somebody. You know, why don't you reach out to them? That that happens. Good. It's not it's not becoming taboo. It's it's becoming less and less taboo. Mhm. Mm. Mm. Yeah. So. So we've got so it, like again, the the people my mm-hmm. age and in their. 40s that have to right. kind of die off for this to really take hold. Right. So then there's the other issue that uh, you see this younger generation, like we're seeing more, again, more depression, more anxiety with the younger generation. Uh, one, because there's more education out there and because we're talking mm-hmm. about it more, right? So there's that. So that's the plus side, right? Um Unfortunately, what we are seeing also, there's a phenomenon with the younger generation who are growing up with less coping skills than the older generation. So it's a double-edged sword. The older generation, so like in your husband's age, right, they they had to survive. Life wasn't easy for them, right, at a young age. Right, right. They they went they went through a lot of trauma. Not not trauma like like somebody like abused them or anything like that, but. Life wasn't easy. 
Right. Uh, a lot of them have started working at a younger age, right? They've helped them out. A lot of them, you know, if you think about that, in the 60s, people who are in their 60s, uh, you know, uh, there was um, less office jobs. It was more machinery, right? More warehouse work. So Agricultural. Uh, agri- agricultural, right? So they grew up with that, in that environment. So life wasn't mm-hmm. easy. They didn't. Um, most of them didn't wake up in the morning and just have breakfast and got shower and went to school. A lot of them had to get up in the morning, help around the house or the farm, or you know, or do some kind of work and then eat breakfast and then go to school, right? So, yeah. so they, did they came home and so did they, more chores and right, yeah, I mean, right. So, they, yeah. so there was a lot of so in, in that process they develop a lot of coping skills, right? The life, the life is hard. And when life is hard, you 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 deal with it, right? You cope with it. Mm-hmm. Um, but unfortunately, that that generation raised kids with a philosophy of, I don't want my kids to go through what I went through. Mm. <laughs> so they yep. went to the other extreme. Yep. They went to the other extreme where they made their the life to their kids so they enabled them so much that then then you have teenagers now or young adults who fall apart the the first sign of chaos right because because again the, the life i mean again in a good way i guess life wasn't hard for them but unfortunately they were too sheltered yeah so so it's difficult yep. to find where is the, where is that middle where is that balance look like right where i don't want my kids to go through what i went through right but also i don't want to shelter them to the point where they don't never develop skills to struggle yeah, that is the dilemma. So that's so that's what I that's why I work with a lot of parents that struggle with teenagers, young adults, saying he has no motivation or he doesn't want, you know. And we're like, well, yeah, of course he doesn't have motivation to do anything because he's still at home. Like you're still providing for him. He still has a car, a cell phone, clothes. But he he has no urgency, right? He has no urgency to get out of this place because he hasn't made. Um, so, I, so, so, so I have that conversation a lot with parents of young adults. Um, how do you know? How can we teach our young, you know, our teenagers, adolescents before they become adults? How do we teach them those skills without making sending them to the farm? Mm. Right. Um, yeah. How do we make them responsible? How do we make them accountable and that they have to work for what they need? I, I mean, how how is the kid who has who has a thousand dollar cell phone at the age of ten supposed to learn about value? Mm. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I don't know. The value. I thing. mean, I, I, something, I something very expensive just showed up to it to him at ten years old. Yeah, and they they don't appreciate it. They don't realize it. And they don't take care well, of how it can because they? it'll get how, replaced. How, how can yeah. they? They were ne- they were never given the chance to work for it. Mhm. So is it on the kid mm-hmm. or is it on the parent, right? So well, so again, it, and it could be both. Sure, and and it's a it's a struggle of the parents to find that balance. Where where what does it look like to support my kid without enabling them? What does that look like? That's the struggle. Oh, yeah. How I, can I support? Yeah, well, mm-hmm. I, I, I completely fell down on that with my daughter because I wouldn't let her 
get a job because mm-hmm. she was at this big fancy private school and I wanted her to go to college and all mm-hmm. this. I was the, the quintessential helicopter overbearing Italian mm-hmm. mother with her and she was my mm-hmm. only. And uh-huh. yeah, and, and we, her father and I were divorced, but we worked really well together. We co-parented textbooks. You guys would have loved us. And mm-hmm. so, and then she did get a job and she was so good at it and her, all of her bosses mm-hmm. love her. And then, you mm-hmm. know, the whole thing where she took off and scared the hell out of me, blah, blah, blah. But she came back, uh-huh. this, you know, she always had a really, really good work ethic. So she has two mm-hmm. kids, her eldest. Mm-hmm went to work at 14 years mm-hmm. old. She got a job at 14 mm-hmm. and yeah. worked at that place for a year and a half or something like that and then got a different job at a really good company that's really flexible mm-hmm. schedules, really good really good pay, and her mother mm-hmm. gave her her old car. And I looked mm-hmm. at her and I said, you realize that you're going to have to do that with the other one too, right? I mean, you cannot mm-hmm. treat oh. them the same right. you know you can't treat it right. very differently because as soon as this next one gets up to this age mm-hmm. she's going to expect the same thing so mm-hmm. you know it wasn't the best car in the world it you know it was kind of a hand-me-down shitty little used car anyway and now she, this kid's got this really good paying job she's pulling down a lot of hours she's making bank and i told her i said you know you better be saving a lot of that money because you're going to have to buy your own car you're going to have to replace this and buy your own car. Well, I just heard an hour ago that my granddaughter is about to buy her own car. Now, you know, it's not brand new, obviously. It's, an, it's a used car, but she's 17 years old and she's about to buy her own car. So guess what? My kid did it right. She mentored this young lady and um showed her through her own actions what it's like to go to work and be responsible and pay bills and say no to things and not have everything you want every time you want it. And now my eldest granddaughter is taking that and using it to her benefit and um, being very successful. She's got really good grades. She's going to be a senior next year. She's about to buy her own car. And from what I understand, she's about to go into the military, which has her mother all freaked out. And I think, yeah, what the heck? This one, I can see her in the military. She'd be fine. That's a, my black belt girl. She already has a black belt. But, you know, this yeah. one is, she's great. Now, the second one mm-hmm. is is your, yeah, she's 14. <laughs> Need I say more? But, yeah, I mean, it it can happen. It can work. I, I did a lot of things right and wrong with my daughter. And then my daughter did a lot of things more right than wrong. But it's worked out better. So the, if you mm-hmm. look back at a generation, my, my parents had a very strange role model for my brothers and I to follow. And nothing like my peers. And then my daughter had a a very different role model with her parents than her peers because her father and I were divorced, but we got along really well and we worked together. And then she had this experience with her life that really dramatically changed her. And she's used, I think her grandparents, her parents, her life. And she is using that to raise her children her way. And it's successful. 
and I just back off. I mean, at some point, Grandma, you just have to back off and, and only come in when you're being asked to or when you're needed. You do not have to interject yourself into every aspect of your children's lives. You just don't because they'll figure it out. It may not be what you would do, but they'll figure it out their way, and that's the right way for them whether it works out or not. You know what I mean? So, I mean, and the men in in my daughter's life, my husband and my ex-husband, are her biggest influences. She really relies on both of them as role models, and they're both very hardworking, both ex-military, um, both very, very quiet. Both of them are very, um, I want to say studious, but even though they didn't, weren't college people, but they were trade school guys, and both of them are very quiet, strong influences on my daughter's life, and and she gives them credit for that. And I think that's part of the reason why I wanted to bring up this subject, that it's not only me in my generation that think that men, especially in my generation, need more credit, but it's it's encouraging to me to see my daughter's generation, or at least my daughter, look upon the men in my generation as beneficial and something that's solid that can be relied upon that isn't just a paycheck for them even though my husband and my my ex-husband do a lot for her they make her work for it too i mean i think that i mean the full circle is i just don't think that men get as much credit as they deserve and there is hope out there that me myself personally i really appreciate the men in my life and I think my daughter does too. And I think my grandchildren will come around again. But oh my gosh, where did that come from? <laughs> that just kind of blurted out. <laughs> Golly. I'm saying, you know, not only give more than just give credit, just acknowledge. Mm-hmm. You know, acknowledge. There's it doesn't it doesn't take away it doesn't take away from from women. To acknowledge what when when a man you know and, uh, is doing something, and I get it, uh, you know, there's people like, oh, well, they're supposed to do that. I understand that, you know, as a man, you know, you're you have responsibilities and you're supposed to provide and take care of your family. I totally get that, right? Um, mm-hmm. But it doesn't. But being acknowledged doesn't take away from it. Mm-hmm. Doesn't, you know, recognizing that, and and that's what a lot of people struggle with. They're saying, well, no, you're supposed to do that anyway. So why, why would I, you know, I don't, I don't need to acknowledge that. That's why you, you have a lot of men who feel take it for granted. Oh, yeah. You know, that, that, you know, that's one of the biggest complaints from men is that they feel take it for granted. They say, well, well you're supposed to provide. You're supposed to do that. Yeah, and I'm doing that, right? Uh, I, you know, I love listening to comedians. Uh, because they talk, they talk about life in a funny way, right? <laughs> and uh, and this guy talks about how the difference, you know, between Mother's Day and Father's Day. Uh, you know, like Mother's Day, everything is booked, right? Uh, for Mother's Day, if you want to take your mom out that day, you 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 will not find a reservation, right? Right. Uh, everything, all the restaurants are booked. Father's Day, everything is open. <laughs> And dad's at the barbecue. <laughs> like, yeah, go ahead, come in. 
we have plenty of room. <laughs> so, so what does that tell you? <laughs> right? Uh, right. And again, I'm, I'm not, I don't feel the need to put down one gender to celebrate another. No. You know, I, I say we, con- and we need to continue to celebrate women for everything they do and they continue to do. Let's continue doing that, right? Yeah. It's just that in the process, we don't, we don't have to put down men just to, just to bring another gender up. I feel it's empowering to, mm-hmm. to say out loud that my mm-hmm. husband does a tremendous amount for me. And I do a lot for him, too. I mean, the man wouldn't eat yeah. unless I was home. Yeah. But mm-hmm. every time I make dinner, and we've been married, mm-hmm. I don't know, since 2001, I guess. And we've been together four years before that. But every mm-hmm. night when I make dinner and he gets done eating his dinner, every single mm-hmm. time, every time mm-hmm. he says, thank you for dinner. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Every time, whether it was really good mm-hmm. or really eh, not so good. Every time he thanks me for dinner. I appreciate that. Yeah. I like to cook. Yeah. I like to feed people. But it's like he says, thank you for mm-hmm. dinner. Yeah. Yeah. And I, so, I should say more often, thanks for paying the mortgage. So, again, I go back to, 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 my, to my take, like, you know, uh, that's why a lot of men feel take it for granted because, you know, um, we need to. I think let's celebrate both. You know, we don't have to. Yeah. We don't have to stop celebrating one just to make the other one. You know, feel better. I don't think yeah, it has to be I like agree. that. Right. Well, I think that's uh, a good again, good goal for listeners to do that. To just mm-hmm. look at their life partner right. or their or their father or their uncle or whoever is is helping them out right. through life and just say, you know what, I appreciate you. Mhm. Yeah. Yeah, you know, thanks for for being there, and uh, yeah, of course, I knew you were supposed to. You you were supposed to do that. You're my father. You're my grandfather. I get it, but you did it anyways. Mm-hmm. You know, you did it. You did it. You were there for me, and and I think uh, we need to start changing the narrative. But again, as a society, as a culture, unfortunately, women were have been oppressed for so long that you know. We are, you know, we went to the other extreme, like saying, okay, let's celebrate women. With, once again, let's keep doing that. It's just that we don't have to drag men to the, through the mud in order to celebrate no. women. I agree. I agree. I totally agree. And, and again, so, so right now we're seeing, obviously, everybody's getting hit, you know, with this pandemic, with this everything going on, and, and there's a lot of stress on the families. You know, I'm seeing a lot of men. Under a lot of stress, um, and, and, and women, obviously, you know, um, jobs and they're not back to where they need to be um, through this whole pandemic. Obviously, again, by by as a society, as a culture, women have always been it's been more acceptable for women to talk about their emotions if they're stressed, right? That's uh, mm-hmm. true. There's something bothering them. Yeah. Men, we talk already, uh, depending on when they grew up, uh, a lot of men were not. You don't you don't talk about it. You just tough it out and you continue pushing through. Um, mm-hmm. Well, now we're we're going through something that is affecting everybody, right? Young and are old. Are men talking about it? Oh my it? God! You know, are men? So we're, I know men are stressed out, right? I know men are worried, but. Are they going to talk about it, right? Are they going to mm-hmm. speak up? 
or are we just going to continue to tough it out? Yeah. You know, uh, so, so, so I think um, I'm, I'm hopeful. I'm very, I'm, I'm you know, I'm very hopeful uh, that more men are speaking up. You know, more men are reaching out, and they're seeing the value, right, of uh, of talking to somebody. Well, don't you or, think or that it's bank. also the responsibility mm-hmm. of their partner? to give them license to do that without judgment, without ridicule, or or any kind of negative connotation. I mean, I think that's the fear that women may be going through, that, okay, we have some hard-fought ground that has been gained here, and now now I have to, like, take care of yet another person. You know, I've already got Mm -hmm. my mother, and I've already got my kid, and I've already got my grandkids, and I've got my people at work, and now i got to take care of you, too. And so, okay, I get it. You're stressed. You've got a lot on your plate. But so does he. And maybe it's put down your arms. You know, maybe put down the shield a little bit. Right. Well, you have that. It's not going to happen overnight. When you you sign up in a relationship, right, uh, the ideal relationship is two people coming together to support each other. Right, mm-hmm. that's the ideal dynamic. Yes. Okay, marriage yes. is never fifty-fifty. It's never fifty-fifty. Sometimes it's seventy-thirty. Sometimes you're seventy. Sometimes you're thirty. Okay, mm-hmm. but you 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 complement each other, right? You support each other. I don't I don't right. have to be at seventy all the time, all the time. And maybe I'm at thirty uh, right now, and you you're gonna be at seventy. And then you know in a week in a couple of weeks I'm gonna be at seventy, and you're gonna be at thirty, and that's okay. We, we, we're going to support each other through this, right? Um, so that's the ideal situation. Unfortunately, when you, when you go into a relationship already with a dynamic established that I'm going to be the support, right, and you're going to be uh, – I'm going to support you, right, when you have that dynamic, okay, mm-hmm. and whenever I go through a rough patch, who's going to support me? Right. right, and you're saying, well, that's when your partner needs to step up, right? Step up yes. and say, I got this. Well, what what about the partner says, I didn't sign up for that, right? Yeah, it's kind uh, of a raw deal, but yeah, I I know it happens a lot. And I, I like I just watched this movie with my wife. It's a classic, uh, the Philadelphia Story. I love that. And, um, <laughs> but it's so dysfunctional in so many ways. Oh, I know. Like terrible. <laughs> oh, I can I can I can break that movie down. It's so dysfunctional in so many levels. <laughs> uh, That's the one with Catherine so, <laughs> Hepburn, right? Right. Yes. The, the old and, black and, and white. Wife, wife, I love that movie. Yes, black and white, and it was like my, my wife's favorite uh, play because I guess it, it became, they made it into a play. And um, and uh, you know, I'm watching this, and I just I just had a rough day, you know seeing clients all day and I was just tired <laughs> I'm watching this movie and I'm trying to enjoy it. Don't get me wrong. I'm really trying to enjoy the comedy and that demon, but I'm just breaking down every dysfunction in that relationship. And I can see why people were like, oh, how romantic, you know. He came back. I'm like, no, he's a rescuer. Uh, and mm-hmm. and the, the main character, the woman, she has trauma issues, abandonment issues. That's what she saw because her father cheated on, on her mother. And, and then the finally fa- the father called her out and says, you know what, this is why you don't put this on me. You know, 
and, and then you have the you know the the guy who um, who just met a woman and the the very next day wants to marry her, but again, for a movie it's very romantic, right? Oh wow! Right. And then and, and then you have that woman of a uh, of him saying um, that she's in love with him, but they ask like, why don't you you know why don't you tell him? Oh, because he's not ready for for a yet. Maybe one day he will. And people go like, oh, how romantic! No, that's sick. Like he's hanging <laughs> on to hope that eventually he's gonna come around. But you see, oh my God. that's that's so we, so we get our ideas about relationships from movies. Yes. Right, and, and we think yes. that's and but that's not that's that all 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 the dynamics in that, in that movie were not healthy at all. No. Um, no, they're not. But that's oh what people God. find romantic, and people go, "Oh, I want that. I wish I could have that." Well, still, I mean, yeah. look how old the Philadelphia story is. It was probably, you know, filmed in the late 40s, early 50s. I don't even know. I don't remember. You know, well, black and white and all that stuff. Well, I mean, let's, don't even get me started on, on like, the, a recent one, The Notebook. That, that oh, movie. I don't. Yeah. I so, didn't see it. I didn't so see again, it. We develop, so again, we, we develop our irrational ideas of relationships from this, from, from mm. Hollywood. From these ideas, and then they're they're not always the healthiest, oh, you know. So, so yeah. But hopefully, you know, we are changing the narrative. You know, people are the younger generation. They are seeing that again. Marriage is not fifty-fifty. Sometimes it's seventy-thirty, and and one day you're seventy, one day you're thirty. But the idea is to be there for each other, and to help each other, right? God, I um, I hope they're getting there. Yeah. That's the idea. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right, my dear friend. Well, I'm gonna leave, I'm gonna leave you with that. I don't want to ruin any more movies for you. Okay. <laughs> Golly. Uh, right. Yeah. All right, my dear. Well, I have to get ready for. Uh, I have a session coming up. All oh right. my goodness, Saturday. That's so, right. Okay. So, well, thank you for right. taking the time. I appreciate you. Yeah. Mhm. I really do. Of course, my I pleasure. really do. My pleasure. Thank you so much. And yeah, I really look forward to our Saturday chat. Well, me too. All right. All right. Well, you take care. Enjoy. All right. And, uh, All right. Take care of yourself. Weekend. I'll talk to you soon. You too. All right. Bye. Bye. You've been listening to I'm Not That Old Lady. My name is Teresa Sayers, and I'm your host. I'm the producer, I'm the editor. I'm the mixer. (laughs) I'm the one that tries to find the talent. (laughs) I'm the one that makes phone calls. I do it all. And I do it from my living room or my bedroom or my home or wherever I can turn on my phone. It's so easy. You got it. It's fantastic. So I appreciate your time. Uh, Keep the emails coming at I'm not that old lady at yahoo.com and uh, be a part of the conversation. Let me know what your questions are and and how does this information influence you? I think it's important to get everybody's perspective on this. In the meantime, tell somebody about it and show them how to do a podcast or, or at least subscribe to one and preferably mine. So in the meantime, stay safe, wash your hands, wear your mask and keep listening. Take care.